Going for Broke against Windmills on the Port Port Peninsula and a special Mi'kba Matters live event on how we save our natural world before it's too late. I'm Glenn Wheeler and this is Mi'kma Matters, a podcast about Mi'kmaq people, politics, land and water. This is episode 230, brought to you with listener support. Become a patron at patreon.com slash Matters. Residents on the port port Peninsula are waging a valiant fight to save their land from 164 windmills that would be more than 600 feet high. They're up against three levels of government, a media sympathetic to the development, and a one-sided environmental review process. Later, we'll hear from Marilyn Rowe, one of the land defenders involved in the struggle to save the port port Peninsula. But first, a sneak preview of something very special. We here at Mi'kmaq Matters are planning a special live event in Stephenville on the evening of Wednesday, October the 12th, 7 to 9 p.m. at the Alliance Club to Woodland Street. How do we as Mi'kmaq people save our land and water from windmills, mining, fish farms, and clear cutting? Attend in person or watch live on Facebook October 12, from 7 to 9 p.m. in Stephenville. More details on future episodes of Mi'kmaq Matters. By the time residents of the port port Peninsula found out they were going to be stuck with a massive industrial windmill project, the developer had been talking for weeks with the provincial government and with Halibu First Nation. And the residents have been playing catch-up ever since. What's happening on the port port Peninsula is important not only for that area, but for everyone in the province who cares about the intense pressure on our land and water from a multitude of developments from the southwest to the northeast. Our guest this week is Marilyn Rowe of the Environmental Transparency Committee. Great to have you on Mi'kmaq Matters, Marilyn. Thank you so much, Glenn. It's a pleasure to be here. So let me, uh, we're talking on Friday, September the 2nd, and last night, the evening of uh, Thursday, September 1st, you had a meeting at the French Center in, the French Center is in the Cape, is it? Uh, yes, yes, the town of Cape St. George, that's correct. Uh, so tell us about uh, that meeting. Who was there, how many people were there, and what was, uh, what you did at the meeting? Uh, so it was members of the ETC committee. Uh, it was invited members of the Port of Port Peninsula. Uh, we had about 30 people in attendance, mm-hmm. 
and um, the purpose of the meeting was to give more information to the people in regards to the proposed project uh, for the Board of Work Peninsula. Mm -hmm. And this would have been, uh, of course, we had the announcement uh, in uh, in August. And uh, was this the first time meeting as a group after that, uh, the announcement with uh, Justin Trudeau and the Chancellor of Germany? Uh, no, our group uh, meets um, occasionally. Uh, we've met, I think, twice in between that time and this time. So we're constantly in contact with, with each other and as a group, um, you know, strategizing and uh, deciding on which way to move forward in this, in this uh, you know, uh, I guess, plan to, to stop this project from going forward. Yes. So let me ask you first about the, uh, the word transparency in your, in your name. Um, and uh, I've seen on uh, YouTube videos from previous meetings, you dealing with the issue of transparency and how um, people in on the Port of Port Peninsula have always sort of been behind in terms of the information. When you find out things, things are already uh, have already been decided or or are in the works. So tell us more about that. What your current what your concerns are on the transparency portion of the of the issue. Okay, um, I found out personally, I'm chair of the local service district of Sheaves Cove, and as community leader, I received the proposal from the government on July 8th. Our uh, deadline for submissions to the minister, Bernard Davis, environment minister, was July 27th. We have, you know, poor internet connection here, so all of our submissions were sent in on the 26th, just to be safe. However, that gave us 18 days to come up with as much information and letters and, and signatures from the people. Um, so the minister had said uh, the day of the announcement that there was, uh, I think, 35 days was the, the the allowable time, or the you know the, the supposed to be the you know um, I guess legal time amount of time that that people should have uh, to to look at this uh, proposal and you know respond to the government. 35 days is is, is the, the period, and we had 18. So right from the get go. Um, this proposal, uh, you know, was sent out late to our community and to other LSDs, local service districts. However, the towns, the four towns on the Port of Port Peninsula, the mayors of these towns were in talks with the company World Energy GH2 in Stephenville in March. And along with the town leaders, there were, uh, it was Brendan Mitchell, uh, the chief for uh, Holopu, and uh, Jason Benoit, I believe, was attending those meetings as well. Um, so they were all in talk. They knew, you know, a lot of information and still know a lot of information that we're not privy to. Okay, so we're trying to, to catch up and it seems like it, it, it's uh, uh, a conspiracy, really, because what they're doing is um, 
putting all this PR out there, even the, the, the premier is putting out tweets uh, saying that he don't believe the environment minister will, uh, you know, there'd be no issues apparently with, with the, the EIS. I mean, how can he say this publicly when this study is still going on or hasn't even started really because they, they still, you know, they just appointed their, the team. Um, and, and, and he's kind of, uh, putting this uh, pressure on the environment minister to approve this project. I mean, this is insane. The size and magnitude of this project has never been done in Canada before. These are 164 industrial wind turbines never before put on land. Okay. And they so want to just put let it me, in. just let me stop you there. So are you, yeah. is it your understanding then that the, um, the windmills in uh, Ontario that the mayors on the Port-a-Port uh, area went to see, they are, are they a of a different size than are proposed for Port-a-Port? Absolutely. They're probably half the size of what we have here. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't go. I, I, I mean, I was on that committee, but I, I removed myself. We removed ourselves from that committee because I felt it was a conflict because the, the the group there are not, uh, majority of them are not coming out and talking to the people in their towns and, and communities. And they're either neutral or they're for the project. And they're looking at uh, vibrancy funds right now. Okay. And we are trying to stop this project. So we had to remove ourselves from, from that group because we just, it, it, it goes against everything that we stand for. Explain to um, me what, what you mean by vibrancy funds. What's, what's that about? Okay, I, I can send you information on it. But in, in Haldeman, Ontario, in Hamilton, um, they pay a vibrancy fund to, I guess, different groups or maybe the community, uh, the council there, uh, the county of, of, of Haldeman. And so it's based on vibrations from the turbines. But my understanding here from this company is that there is not going to be a, a, a vibration meter uh, set up here on this Port of Port Peninsula project. So we won't even know what, what the vibrations will be. However, there is going to be a vibrancy fund, but they're going to be wording it in a different way, I guess, than what Haldeman has. But they do have and they are looking at the model from Hamilton right now. And I can tell you, these turbines that we're going to get here have never before been put on land in Canada. This is an experimental project in our backyard, 164, uh, 654 feet in the air, not including the base of the turbine itself. Mm -hmm. Okay, so we are on a peninsula that is, uh, what, 42 kilometers, I believe, from the, the tip of Cape St. George to the end of the peninsula. And then across, you know, it varies from area to area to the other side to mainland from Shizuko would be like 10 kilometers. I mean, there's not enough space here, mm. for one. And this, this is, it's almost like a sick joke to me, Glenn. It's like a sick joke from the government, really, because the, the, the massive amount of destruction that this would cause, it will disrupt our lives forever. Mm. Our lives will 
never, ever be the same. It's almost, uh, I mean, I guess you couldn't be, you wouldn't be able to, every way you turn your head, you probably would see a wind turbine off in the distance. Absolutely. You turn, look ahead, you look to the side, uh, there would always be one in your your vantage point. But Marilyn, uh, I mean, you raise uh, uh, an issue there about... um, you know, scientific, uh, scientific capacity. Here you are, uh, citizens in the, uh, in the area, um, doing your best to respond on tight timelines to you know, very technical information. And um, so, and what, what are the challenges there? I mean, I guess, thank goodness we have the internet. You can go on and, and do, and do your own research, but um Still, I, I think it must be very challenging to sort of, you know, grasp the numbers and the science and uh, and all the technical aspects of a project like this. Absolutely, and we we have put it out there. You know, if there's any any environmental uh, corporate lawyers that you know would be willing to help us for free, uh, you know, the the I believe the Lord will bless you. Hmm. Uh, sorry, I, I get emotional, but but Glenn, I want to say. Um, these these turbines okay i i spoke to a gentleman we actually had him live a zoom meeting at our zoom meeting last night with him um and i'm sorry we had him on zoom live with us he's a gentleman from nova scotia his name is john mayfield and he came on and he uh did a presentation to the people there and he spoke to them and in where he's living there is a turbine and and he showed us the picture of it it's uh, one to 1.5 kilometers away from his house. And this turbine is 80 to 90 meters high. Now, the, one proposed, the ones proposed for here are 200 meters high. So they will be twice the height of what John is dealing with in Nova Scotia. Now, he said this turbine uh, project that they had installed five years ago, I mean, eight years ago, there's five turbines in total. And he said their lives have never been the same since. I mean, six days out of seven, they're dealing with noise. They're dealing with shadow flicker. Their quality of life, the value of their property, everything it has been destroyed like they, they they their quality of life is really ever changing and he said i long for the day maryland when i see that turbine die and you know there was a, at the time they didn't have any information on turbines there was no information in in, in nova scotia no legislation as well and uh, what what they said at the time was living one kilometer from that turbine was safe and it's not. Mm-hmm. And here we are, we are being told by World Energy GH2 at a meeting in Cape St. George that living one kilometer from these turbines is a safe distance, you know, and uh, these are double the size. They're gonna be placed on mountaintops, Glenn. The mountaintops are gonna be blown off and underneath, that mountain top, it's all ledge. Mm. So the vibration from those turbines will be enormous. I see. So and the locations, and they're looking for, I guess, understandably, they're looking for the higher elevations because the wind is stronger up there. So, but they'll have to do some, um, they'll have to alter the topography. They'll have to dig and blast and level 
to put mm-hmm. the windmills on these uh, on these higher elevations. Yep. Now, I, I received a map last night from one of our tech support at, at the uh, at the uh, meeting, and uh, forty two of the wind turbines, forty two of the one hundred and sixty four, uh, according to the map, is in sensitive wildlife areas and also where the Lindsley asters are located. That's a rare flower uh, that is in our area and that you know is supposed to be protected. But I want to say this: um, you know, this project uh, for for green energy, um, you know, our mountains, our 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 pristine forests are already green. You know, this is this is healthy forest and. Um, you know, we are an element of our surroundings. If our environment is healthy, then most likely we will remain healthy. Yes. But if the project is, is, is permitted to go ahead, we're going to be lab rats. We're mm. going to be lab rats in this, in this experiment because that's all it is. Mm. And it would be an enormous and very stressful intrusion on our traditional ways of life. And, um, you know, I just can't believe that the government would even put this proposal out to us and, and that this, this has even seen the light of day because it's such a joke. It's such a, a I, I can't even express mm. to you how angry it makes me and how stressful it has, how much stress it has put on the people. We have people, you know, who are elderly, who have uh, health conditions already and, and, they, and they're crying to me, mm. Marilyn, like, you know, don't let this happen. Like what, you know, what can you do? And, and, and they're actually crying to me because this is absurd what they're trying to do to the people on the Port of Port Peninsula and to our, 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 back, our backyards, really, and to the animals and, and you know, uh, the, our quality of life. We will have no quality of life. And, and the Crown Land application for, for uh, 33,453 acres of land, I mean, that is absurd. Mm. Let me, let me yeah. let me ask you about the politics of it, uh, Marilyn. And you yeah. referred to this um, uh, a few minutes ago. Um, we have uh, federal, provincial, municipal. So we have we know Goody Hutchings is on side because she was at the announcement, um, uh, of course, mm-hmm. uh, hobnobbing with uh, with uh, her federal leader Justin Trudeau and with the uh, the chancellor there. So we know where Goody mm-hmm. uh, stands. Um, and we know, uh, with Halibut, we know that Brendan Mitchell sent in the letter of support, which he kind of walked back, but we have two Halibut councillors, which, uh, I guess their position is it's okay with them. If, as long as the environmental assessment, uh, comes out, uh, okay. And then we have the port of port mayors who went on the junket. So they tend to be, um, uh, on side, I guess somewhat. Tony Wakeham, he's a he's a question mark. What has Tony said about yes. uh, about this uh, development? We we haven't heard uh, anything from Mr. Wakeham. I did put a call into him on Monday, and he was in Ottawa in meeting. Hmm. So he did respond yesterday, but I I wasn't home, so I I didn't uh, reach reach out to him. But he said he will contact me again today. So, and as the uh, as the PCMHA for Stephenville Port of Port, uh, maybe he's uh, maybe his uh, silence until now 
indicates that he thinks that um, you know he has some votes in uh, in Stephenville that might be in favor, and uh, he has he's looking at these votes uh, on the Port of Port Peninsula that might be otherwise. So maybe he's trying to yeah. uh, maybe he has his finger in the air trying to uh, see which way the political winds are blowing. Yeah, I, I do believe he's in a conflict right now because, of course, there's a bigger population in Stephenville, and I'm sure the pressure is on him in mm. there to support this project. Uh, but we will be having a conversation today, and I will see where he stands with this. Mm. Uh, but we are getting new developments daily. Listen, the, the government and, and, and I mean, Fury, Parsons, uh, I don't know about Mr. Davis, I'm assuming, but, you know, Paddock, Risley, these are all, they're all friends. Yes. Okay. And, yep. and, uh, and it runs deep and, and we're getting to, to the root of everything. And there's going to be information coming out and every day we're getting stronger in our fight. And I do believe that we will stop this project from going ahead. So, okay. and, and that's, I, I, and, and that's what you're and if, uh, so then yep. what, what would victory be for you? Because of course the government is trying to, uh, you know, sort of pawn off this environmental, uh, impact study. And we know how those turn out, they usually lead to a thumbs up. So if, uh, to, for, for you to achieve uh, victory, what would victory mean for you and the people involved in this struggle? Well, victory would be to, to have this project withdrawn, the proposal withdrawn, this company just to leave us alone, and um, and also uh, to move forward to protect the Port of Port Peninsula from future development of this kind of disaster. That would be our goal as uh, Environmental uh, Transparency Committee members. Hmm. So that, that that's our goal moving forward. And what do you think has to happen uh, in order for you to achieve victory? Because we have, uh, you know, all these political forces aligned uh, against you on this issue. The, uh, you know, the PM, the premier. Well, yeah, uh, Glenn, I, I'm, I'm a believer in God. Okay, I pray and uh, I'm sorry. Okay. I, I think the Lord will help us. It'll, it'll, he'll guide us through this and... Uh, it's just a matter of time. It's going to happen, and um, we will beat these people. And uh, I just think that the people of the peninsula have to stick together. And and like I said, we are getting stronger, and we're getting new information daily. And um, we will fight them, hmm. and it's not over. And we will continue to fight until that application is withdrawn. Hmm. Will you be participating? Uh, I suppose you'll be taking part in the environmental impact statement uh, process. You'll Absolutely. be filing submissions. And um, and do you have, um, <clears throat> are there dates uh, for that? I guess the process is just uh, beginning. What are the timelines? What is the next uh, deliverable, as we say, uh, in that process? Uh, well, we're, we're, we're watching that daily and we're being updated. So uh, we have a lady who is, who is uh, kind of keeping her eyes on that and she's our eyes and ears when it comes to those matters. So uh, I believe December is, is the, uh, the first date uh, that we're looking at, but there's other things uh, in the works as well. Mm. Uh, so um, it, it's a day-to-day thing, but we are, we are 
still uh, submitting to the government right now. We're still submitting uh, petitions and there will be letters going in on a, on a daily basis. Um, so uh, right now, we are at 20% of signatures uh, against the project on, on the peninsula. Hmm. And growing. Good, Marilyn. So for people out there who want to get in touch, want to help out, get more information, how they how can they contact uh, the Environmental Transparency Committee? Uh, there is a, a, a Facebook page. Uh, they can contact me. My number is in the book under Marilyn Rowe. My phone number is there. They can email me at MarilynRowe2010 at hotmail.com. And they can reach out to any member of the ETC group. Uh, you can look at our webpage and you can find out when, you know, uh, we have upcoming meetings and come out and support us. Um, we have all kinds of developments uh, on a daily basis. So if you reach out to any one of our members and you want to help us and fight this company, uh, it can be done. Mm. Great, Marilyn. Well, thanks for everything you're doing and uh, keep Thank us posted. I will definitely do that. Thank you so much for having me on your show. It's been a pleasure to talk to you, sir. And I'm sorry I got an emotional, but this is a very emotional uh, time for, for people on the peninsula. Yes, no need to apologize about that. I under, understand completely. Thank you very much. Have a great day, Glenn. Marilyn Rowe of the Environmental Transparency Committee. Allison Baker is the producer of Mi'kmaq Matters. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter for the latest Mi'kmaq news and views. I'm Glenn Wheeler, Amsadogamon. Mm-hmm.